Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Good evening, and welcome to episode 42 already of the Agree to Disagree show podcast, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and everything under the sun. Um, I wanted to start off this week by saying, um, first of all, a huge shout out. When I started this this project of mine, this podcast, never in a million years did I think I would have listeners from all over uh, Quebec, all over Ontario, and certainly not from all over the United States of America. And in particular, to certain states I want to send a shout out to you is uh, to all my American friends listening in Washington State, Virginia, Texas, Massachusetts, Ohio, New York. I say thank you so much from this little Canadian boy from Montreal, Quebec. Um, I was looking at my analytics and I just couldn't believe it. So I just wanted to give a, a huge shout out to all my American friends this evening. So without further ado, um, I wanted to uh, welcome my guest for this evening. Um, Mike is an old friend of mine. And uh, the reason why I decided to have him on is because I remember we used to have such great conversations uh, back in the day when we used to play ball hockey together. And I said, I think he would be a great guest. So guys, give a warm round of applause and say hello to my good friend mike Bury. mikey louis it just heard uh, it just hit me as you were saying that that um 41 people popped into your mind before me so thanks <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start off this already we're gonna disagree is that it that's right the, the, that's the a good funniest one. guy i played hockey with <laughs> <laughs> don't start any rumors tonight eh or maybe you could tell a few one or two old stories but uh no listen first of all how are you um i'm actually good i'm thrilled uh that uh, like everyone's thrilled that the pandemic regulations are opening up and yep. some sense of normalcy is slowly on the horizon desperate mm. for it. what's what's normal yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know what? I think I think this would be such a great moment. And I said, you know, isn't it a great moment to have Mike back to to try to rekindle those those old days of of, of playing ball hockey together and those fantastic conversations that we would have over um, a basket of overdone chicken wings and <laughs> cheap beer. So I said, well, you know, we'll try to do the same thing. Uh, maybe with a beer, no chicken wings. Uh, in my case, I'm drinking water tonight because I drank too much wine last night. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. I'm on, I'm on the wine, and I and I miss the fact that you're not playing hockey right now. I know, I know, uh, and you know, you could feel my pain. But uh, playing hockey with a herniated disc is probably not the best thing to do. But that's I do miss. Cool. It. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, well, that's for sure. But I I do miss it. I do miss it. So I wanted to honestly say thank uh, a huge thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, I've always appreciated you as a, an insightful guy and an intelligent, articulate 
person as well. And I'm dying to get your take on these subjects that I've chosen for us to discuss tonight. I appreciate that. I'm actually, I think it's the first time I've been referred to like that. So I can now say to my mom that she's wrong. It's not everybody. Exactly. But you could not only your mom, you could show this, you're going to have it. It's going to, it's going to live forever in, in the annals of YouTube and, and, and Facebook. You could show your wife and said, look what this gentleman called me. Look at this. <laughs> he said I was articulate and intelligent. Right. What do you got for me? Okay. What do we got? So, let, let's start off with uh, so much has happened um, over the past month or two. And I've had other guests that I couldn't really get into these discussions. So I really wanted to attack them tonight. So let's start off with um, this em embarrassing uh, situation that happened in the Ukrainian Hockey League. Uh, I'm not sure if you know about this, where uh, Andrei Daneskin uh, made an uh, how can I put this? A uh, racist gesture towards a black hockey player uh, by the name of Jeline Smerik. So basically, they what happened is that they were just in a in a little scramble, and uh, basically he turned around and he made believe that he was uh, peeling away a banana. Mm -hmm. So we've seen that one before, right? Yes, we have, unfortunately. But but this was was really disturbing on on numerous. And on, on on numerous uh, uh, way in numerous ways is the fact that um, how he did it so nonchalantly, how the Ukrainian league that that had really an, a great opportunity to 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 send a message here, especially, but mind you, obviously Ukrainian Ukraine, I don't think has been open uh, has been has been known as the enlightened uh, country in this Eastern European country. However, what he got, listen to this suspension. Okay, he got a suspension of three games, which in, could include up to an additional ten games if he agrees to pay a fine equivalent to a thousand eight hundred seventy dollars. Whose pockets that going in? Into this 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 fantastic league. Um, my, my, my question to you is, oh, and by the way, when the, the, um, the commissioner of the league wanted to do something, uh, they fired him. The owners fired him of this Ukrainian hockey league. So wow. my, my question to you, yeah, my question to you is that I know that it didn't happen in North America. So, I mean, this obviously, uh, you know, shows how deep, and I know what happens in soccer, but how deep, uh, racism runs rampant around the world, but the reaction of the league is what I'm appalled at. You're putting, you, you know, you're putting a value of $1,870 over this guy that this disgusting gesture that I, I just, I, I cannot believe how he could just do it on the ice, on the open ice and just do it without even thinking, not even hesitating. Where, where, where are we at right now, Mike, in, in terms of race relations and where we see still, we still see things like this today. You know, uh, when the league uh, introduces a consequence to that kind of a behavior, they have to ask themselves, what's the objective of that consequence, right? Mm -hmm. So is the objective to uh, please uh, the media, a certain portion of the public? Is the objective to help this young person see the error of his ways and uh, other uh, young people the error of their ways? Is it to set a culture in the sport? Clearly with that Ukrainian uh, hockey league response to that display of racism, uh, a lesson learned and, and a line drawn into the sand 
in terms of hockey culture was nowhere to be found. No. This was a, um, clearly a, a public display just to say, well, we've done something. And uh, clearly the something they came up with shows that their, their capacity to reflect on impactful decisions is very limited. So the yeah. question would have been for them is, well, well where is the, the sensitization and education mandatory training uh, the league points to when this kind of thing uh, happens. And it also speaks to the fact that they seem to have a reactionary approach to discipline yeah. as opposed to a planned. I mean, it's not difficult. You take a league and you look at what are the kind of problems we get, right? Hmm. Uh, what are the common problems and not so common, uh, the not so common problems and the exceptional problems. Let's have a pre-established smart response for each of these cases that makes sense for the well-being of the league, the well-being of the for the future of the league, as well as the well-being for our partners and and you know all the people who have a stake in in this game, mm -hmm. it's not rocket science. And so what they've done is basically they had a reactionary response to racism. They basically said, "Listen, it's okay. It's not a big deal." <laughs> um, and you have to wonder if some of the owners are feeling that way that they themselves don't mind the gesture or the philosophy behind it. No, clearly they don't. See, see, the way I see it is, and Wayne Simmons that plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs came out in, in defense, in, uh, defense. I mean, in horror of this, but he says, I see this all the time in the NHL. What I don't understand is, I understand that um, the overwhelming majority of hockey players in the NHL, uh, for, for that matter, any hockey league across the world, are predominantly white, okay? Probably, I don't know, not in the 90 percentage uh, zone. However, you know, it still amazes me today, Mike, that you still have, like you said, that suggestion of, you know, uh, racial education and just, you know, the consequences of your behavior. But you're still, we're still doing it now. We're still having to, a league, a professional hockey league that, quite, you know, these kids went to school, mm -hmm. had presumably black friends, uh, and still in the NHL today, still that you still have to do racial training and and empathy training and understanding multicultural multiculturalism uh it, it just i don't understand how we're still in a day that we still need to educate these people yes obviously evident we, we still need to do it and and the nhl which is going to lead us to our next subject after which we're going to talk about is has always been reactionary it's it seems like they could just put their head in sand and it'll go away this problem right well it'll go away it's, it's it's generational right it's a little bit like the trauma the aboriginal community has endured in canada uh, it's it's multi-generational so when you talk about this racism problem uh, whether it be in a, a pro league in ukraine or in the nhl where are these players getting the green light to think this way right and it's yes. from it's from their parents right the parents did not intervene from day one to set the right path. And those parents that have, their kids wouldn't dream of it. Like it wouldn't even enter their mind because from day one, we're all the same. It's your, your character and nothing yes, else, right? Absolutely. And so when that philosophy is growing in a, in a young person and who knows, uh, is it in the team? Is it in the league? You don't have to look too far to know where it started, but you can certainly look far to see where it's been allowed to continue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and, and you know when a league has to, it's still 
you know, they tried, the NHL tried to create this, um, I'm not sure what it was, a multiculturalism and a few uh, uh, African-American or, or, or black players were involved in this uh, in terms of, you know, uh, sensitizing the issue and what they've, re- you know, what they've um, growing up in the NHL and, uh, or in hockey for that period and what they've lived through as, as a black hockey player through youth hockey, through um, midget, through peewee and all the way up to professional leagues. Um, and I'm not sure what, the, what, you know, what they're going to get out of this, but the only, you know, the only positive thing I see here, Mike, is that, uh, if we bring it back to the NHL again, is now you're starting to see those hockey players speak up the mm-hmm. ones that, you know, that say, we got to be better. We, we have to be better. Wayne Simmons, uh, th- th- there's been a lot, obviously, and even not just the black players. A lot of, you know, of course, my hero, we all know I'm a Bruins fan, but this Bejeron says we got to be better. We got to understand. We got to take the time to understand what they've gone through to not make it, to make sure that these kids coming up, that it's not an issue anymore. You know, so so that's the, that at least I'm starting to see that positive, positive, aspect coming out because they are speaking out and a lot more of the stars are speaking out but then you know what mike you run into another problem you run into this other problem that there's always going to be and sometimes listen i'm guilty of this there's going to be that faction of of society is going to say you know what hey but this shut the fuck up play hockey i don't care about your politics entertain me yeah that that portion of the population though it's not going anywhere, right? That, that, that is the, the, the epicenter of, I want to stay ignorant. I'm happy in my, my ignorance sofa. Uh, there's no energy to be spent there that is good energy because mm. it's never going to change, right? Yeah. It's, it's like QAnon. I mean, they believe <laughs> the aliens are coming, right? I mean, let's, let's you know, we could, there's no in sight for this one. But the thing with the, the example of the, the hockey and the, you know, you're right. It is the non-minorities that need to speak louder to the problem. Yes. The issue, the issue, or the, it's not the issue, but what concerns me is, you know, by the time you get to the NHL, you've learned how to perfect line changes, offside, icings, all kinds of aspects of, of hockey. To get there, you've gone through junior or the American Hockey League, you've gone to several smaller, younger leagues, uh, university leagues, go on down the list. Mm-hmm. How is it that you can get to the NHL and still have remnants of that philosophy in you yeah how did you get there like that what what's that telling us is that the issue is inside our leagues at all age levels because if it wasn't it would have been stomped out by the time they reached the nhl absolutely i don't know if you yeah sorry go ahead well is it across all the countries is it a select few i don't know well, I, I saw a disturbing video. I don't know if you've seen this about uh, a girl that's playing on an all-boys team. Uh, I, I might be massacring the story, but uh, basically there was a chant that started in the crowd. Uh, she's a whore. She's a whore. Which league was this? This was uh, minor leagues, Mike. Uh, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even watch the video. I was just, I, I was appalled. I mean, in Canada? Uh, yes. Yes. In Canada. So uh, it just goes to prove what you just said, right? It goes to prove that um, there is a problem, whether it be sexism, whether it be racism. There's, I, I think there is an innate problem in hockey 
which historically is a caveman sport when you really look at it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful sport, but it's 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 a violent sport historically when fighting was was predominantly involved and that culture but now is there but now it's coming back to bite the nhl in the ass whether it be all the guys that had suffered brain damage and committed suicide or od'd um and and are coming back and and suing the nhl because the nhl did nothing about it go out there go out there and play and now you know you see with the concussion protocol um i see but they're just too slow and trying to adapt like you said again it goes back to that word reactionary be proactive there is a problem in your league and then there's the problem of these old fucking owners and gary bettman that is as as useless as not useless when it comes to making money for the owners but it's time to move on man bring this league to the next generation into the next century well there's a there's a couple of things i mean you know you you talk about that scenario with the the people uh, uh chanting you know the other variable that causes a challenge to to dealing with this is the group think mentality right yes people are they are feeling safe and anonymous in their in their in their group think situation where the common denominator of iq is dropping every second right <laughs> and yep. so how does a league whether it be uh you know hockey baseball football go down the list um you know tackle or try to act in a preventative way with group think now, you know, there's way, heck, if you can sell more beer because you have bombarded them with the right message, you can counteract some of these other problems. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah. now to go to Gary Bettman and talking about, you know, it's time for a change. You're right. He is an exceptional businessman in terms of the objective of making more money for the people who hired them, right? Yeah, that's, that's the goal ultimately. Absolutely. Now, the good news is, and I, whenever there's, uh, you know, smoke, there's fire. His recent reaction to the Chicago Blackhawks scandal. Let's go into including, it. Including his refusal to call and give a, 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 a the chance for the uh, for the reporter who broke the story. Yes. Not a journalist. Right, he's not a certified journalist uh, in terms of the the other members that were sitting in the room, but he called on everyone but him. Correct. And it was who? It was uh, Eric. Uh, no, uh, it was uh, what's his name from TSN? Sequasono. Um, uh, no, one of the guys from yeah. TSN had to point out that he hadn't been called on. Right. Yes. And so several owners were displeased with gary bettman's uh, response to this you know this story this story where a team flat out ignored the cries for help uh from a player regarding sexual abuse kyle beach kyle beach yes so is change coming i mean the problem with getting rid of a commissioner is you have to have um I believe he only needs a minority to proceed with his plan, but he needs a significant portion to be uh, gotten rid of, you know? Uh, Makes so. sense. Yeah. Well, I, uh, okay. So, so my take on this, cause I, I haven't done, I, and I was, I wanted to prepare something, maybe do a video just on this, but uh, so, so here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm completely uh, appalled of what I learned of this story when Kyle beach, 
as a young uh, 20-year-old, went to the association, to the Chicago Blackhawks management, and basically they said, listen, kid, in not so many words, we're in a great run here. We need to win the Stanley Cup. And who gives a fuck if you were uh, assaulted? Um, not only did that piece of shit, after the allegations came out, uh, Brad Aldrich, uh, by the way, that was an assistant video coach, not even a fucking coach. Assistant I know. Video, <laughs> okay? Hockey angle, it's garbage. Okay, exactly. All right. So, um, he, you know, they let him go with a letter of recommendation after learning the uh, allegations. They let him go with a letter of recommendation from Joe Quinville, that other piece of shit. He goes on to work at the University of, I believe it was Michigan. I could be wrong. Molests a child that is right now is known as John Doe number two. And when the reporter, that same reporter that you said, asked, are you willing to pay? Because this, he's now 20-something years old. He has no health insurance. Are you willing to pay for the therapy of this young man? And the mother went on. I'm not sure if you saw this or you heard this. She went on and and uh, the reporter played the, the clip of it. And she's talking. It, it broke my heart. She is sobbing and s- recounting the story of when the boy came back from this trip and told him what had happened. And you know what Gary Bettman said? He says, I don't know enough yet. I'm going to leave it to the Chicago Blackhawks. Do, do, do they not know the optics here? I don't understand, Mike. How could he not see the optics of how fucking terrible this looks? How terrible does this look? I can, I, I can only think that in Gary Bettman's mind, he wants the blame to not be on the league, but be on to but to be on Chicago and only Chicago, because that's what Gary does. He protects the league at all costs, right? Mm-hmm. But you're, you're, you know, it would have been nothing for them to say, "You better believe it." Of course, it would have been a penny in their pocket, okay? And whatever they dealt with or had to deal with afterwards in terms of who's really going to pay behind closed doors, Chicago, you should. It should be, um, you know, it should be uh, Joel Kenville and uh, the general manager, uh, ex-general manager Stan Bauman. But league should have just said yes and not even blinked an eye. Yeah. And I mean, to be quite frank, the NHL's Player Association should also. Absolutely. And how does the, how does Fur still have his job as, as the, the, the NHLPA, the head of the NHLPA, where he was aware of this? How does he still have his, his job? Well, I, I, I can... I will be shocked that when their own independent investigation is completed, if it shows that yes, indeed, Fair did know and he didn't follow up or didn't respond appropriately, he's gone as well. Uh, you know, will they even wait that long? I, I just, there, uh, this league just sees, never ceases to amaze me. And now there's more and more of these stories coming out, uh, verbal abuse. I'm not sure if you heard about Bob Murray in Anaheim. Yeah. He's been there since 2008. Uh, uh, verbal abuse towards his employees. Uh, and, and just to go back to the 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 Kyle Beach uh, story, you know what was really disturbing, which, which I found really disgusting, Mike, was that once rumors started to swirl around the team that, that Kyle was saying that I was assaulted or whatever, that the players were making homophobic slurs towards him. 
all the players knew. Okay. Yeah. All the players knew. So this is how bad the culture is. All the players knew. Nobody stood tall and said, no way. We're not playing until this is dealt with, or we're not playing until this guy's gone, or we're not whatever. Okay. Yep. There's no way they didn't know that's been established, right? Yep. I think one of the quotes from Patrick Kane was, I don't want to say for sure it was Patrick Kane, but was, or maybe it was Jonathan Tace, I wish we could have done more. Okay. Yeah. What what I would like to know what is the little that they did? Yeah. No, what is the nothing? Little? Nothing. Uh, it, it's 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 quite mind-boggling. And as far as I'm concerned, and you can see that Joel Kenville was given an out in terms of how he could one day potentially come back into the league. Mm -hmm. To me, you've made your millions. You did a crucial mistake. You're not coming back. Okay. Yeah. That, that's if you want to draw a line in the sand. Sure. The logical conclusion is, is that if that is not the line in the sand that's been drawn, is because there are still enablers above him in decision-making powers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but it, I find that they always leave that door open, right? There's there's no... But, you know, on the other hand, and maybe here is where we could maybe, I don't know, potentially get into a, a, an argument, is that I, I do honestly believe that no mistake, that one, we're imperfect human beings, okay? We're not perfect. Should not be definite. I agree with you. I agree with you. It should not be definite. I, it should not be definite. What, but what I would add to that is the burden of responsibility and consequence is not the same for all, right? Then when sure. a police officer bet betrays public trust, it's not the same as a public citizen, yeah, right? Very good point. When you are the leader of a senior wealthy organization at the, at, at the best hockey league on the planet, you're not expected to conduct your affairs the same way a garage league is in your community. Very true. And, and these people, they have an army of hired legal help, talent, people who are vetted, interviewed up the wazoo in order to get their jobs, and they couldn't get this one right? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. How does Stan Bauman – okay, first of all, how does Stan Bauman not have better judgment on this? It's shocking. That's number one. Number two, I'm, you know, Kevin Dayoff did not get any consequences, okay? Yeah, There's, I don't get that. Well, uh, okay, it, it's been established – There's there's – it's been established that he knew almost nothing about it. He wasn't even at one of those meetings, okay? People didn't even know he was showing up until like the last minute, okay? But there's still a problem with this, okay? Well, for, well just just to inter intervene here for a second, when he says, Shavadeyev says, I thought it was being taken care of. There's a I'm problem. I'm sorry. There's a you problem. Go in front of, do you go in front of a court and let's say a judge, judge, right? You can't plead stupidity. You can't plead ignorance, right? I didn't know, judge. Exactly. I don't know. They're just so, going to say, fuck you. I don't care. Here's, here, here's what's wrong with that. And again, we're talking to the hockey culture, right? Yeah. How is it that senior management didn't update everyone? And I include the guy selling hot dogs. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> friggin' the word spreads. Okay. Yeah. How is it? And if it didn't spread, there's an opportunity to say, listen, this is, we've had a situation that put our employees at uh, one of our players at risk. It was of a, 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 for confidentiality reasons. We won't get too much into details, but blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. So not only did they not address this on an organizational level. Okay. Kevin Chevel Dayoff was aware of it, got no follow-up, asked for no follow-up. 
Yeah. How do you perfect. not ask for a follow-up? And how do you not give it? Very you know? well said. Perfectly said. And I love what you said about different... And I'm going to go back to Quinville here. Is that you have... Your, your mistakes have different consequences. And here is the way I see it. You said it perfectly. Is that here you have a very young, easily influenced hockey player and they see hundreds of these kids right that would do anything that would sell their soul to make it to the nhl and you have this kid just got assaulted by a video coach he thinks that that kid if he says anything he might not realize his dream of making it to the nhl where ever since he was probably five years old worked his ass off dreamt that night fell asleep with his hockey stick and dreamt of one day playing in the nhl and here he is, the last, literally the last line of defense, his coach, his GM, and they do fuck all about it. You know what? Losing their job is 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 nothing. It's the listen, they're sitting on millions of dollars anyways, you know. So exactly the consequences cannot be the same for all in these kind of situations, right? Yeah. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. And yes. the harder you must fall when you commit a serious infraction. Yeah. I mean, Sheldon Kennedy, Theo Fleury, you're going to tell me there was no past examples to learn from? There's many, and many we don't know about, right? So uh, to me, it's, 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 it's unacceptable. And, you know, their, their public statements, you know, I, I can't remember what Stan, Stan Bauman's statement, but I know Joel, Joel Kenville's, I'll spend some time reflecting how to respond better. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. You yeah. need to reflect? You need to reflect in order to know that you should intervene in alleged cases of sexual assault. You know, you know what the comment, you know what really, again, and I'm going to use this term a lot probably tonight because of the subject matter, but really disturbs me is the commonality uh, between all these stories, the NHL, um, when I say sexual abuse in sports with the women's gymnastics U.S. team, um, uh, you know, even Harvey Weinstein, Bill Crosby, you know what the commonality here is, Mike? Is that somewhere you can't go on that long without people knowing, and no one did anything, Mike. Nobody. No, the commonality is money and power, right? Yes, that's true. But it's, 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 it's in every case, in true. every case, there's enablers who have money and power. It's true, but you see, but okay, you know what? In all those other cases, you know, maybe they did have power, Bill Crosby, Harvey Weinstein, but, but. You know, uh, a, a video, a video, an assistant video coach, Mike, that not only after they allow him to have his day with the Stanley Cup, Mike. That's, a, that's amazing. How much more fucking up could you do as an organization? So how much there more are, poor there, judgment? Even again, even if you take their convoluted uh, hockey argument of we're on a great run here. Even once they won the cup, they could have fired, they could have pressed charges, fired, intervened the yeah. second it was over. Yeah. Here, take a spin yeah. on the cup. Yeah. Take a spin. Here's your letter of recommendation. Vezi, have a blast. Go do whatever the hell you want. Your your ineptitude to act ruined this kid's life. Ruined him. And and it's it's just heart-wrenching. Um, I just hope, Mike. Uh, that that the culture seriously they, they have to do something it's got to change i'm thinking it will but man man the, culture, hearing... the culture changes when money is involved 
just like the concussion lawsuit, right? So now, yeah. now it's important because there was a settlement as a result of a class action lawsuit brought by certain members of uh, past NHL players, right? Yep. And because they were not able to wish it away like they tried, and they did yep. try to wish it away, it came back. They had to settle. Now they know that if they don't show a serious response to an alleged serious accusation, that they will be held legally and financially liable. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And it's going to be the same way, right, in terms of God knows how this lawsuit's going to go against Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he could go after the NHLPA, the NHL. Um, you know, now, and, oh, and there's advertisers that are saying, hey, uh, Gary, fix your shit in here. Or we're threatening here because this doesn't look good on us. Mm-hmm. You want our money? You know? So, you know, it, it makes me think of something else. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm going to ask your, your opinion because I think you could be. I'm really questioning, and everyone knows I can't stand the Montreal Canadiens. So, all joking aside here, okay? <laughs> all joking aside here for a second. I was really, really surprised that contrary to the kids' decision and everybody in the NHL, that they, despite all this, Apparently got to go ahead for Molson as well. And maybe he wasn't told what the ramifications were to draft this kid. What's his name, by the way? Um, Logan Mayu. Logan Mayu, who had been uh, convicted of sexual assault or exploitation or whatever by releasing a video, uh, sex video. Uh, was it a video or a picture? A video or a picture. Uh, I think it was a video, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, the kid, the kid is young. He's stupid. Okay, I, I, you know, once again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make him pay for it the rest of his life. But he says, he said, let me not be eligible, even though I'm draft eligible this year. Let me take a year off, reflect and and try to better myself. And everybody said, but I was really disturbed. But the Montreal Canadiens decided to, to to draft him. So why I'm so 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 surprised is that a, a, an organization with the history of the Montreal Canadiens that have always prided themselves on uh, dignity and pride, uh, community ship. All these warnings, including from the player himself, decide to draft him. It doesn't look good, Mike. It really well, who had the first overall pick last year? Uh, good question. Not sure. It was um, who was the guy picked? Good question. Because I'll tell you what, I don't see this problem. I don't see this issue, and it is an issue, and it is a problem. But I don't see it the same way. Okay. G- perfect. Good. Okay. Go ahead. So everyone has an kind of informal understanding that they're not going to pick him in the first round. Okay. Yes. What, what that is going to achieve is brownie points for the organizations for mm-hmm. taking a public ethical stance, okay? I say brownie points. Maybe it's their genuine stance, okay? Maybe they really feel that way, okay? Uh, on the good side, it sends the right message, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, what's the next page on that lesson learned, okay? Well, what's going to happen is the first team to pick in the second round takes them. Okay, and then the quote unquote consequence or penalty or public shunning that you have planned is over. That's over with. 
Now, your competitor, quite possibly in your division or conference, has just taken a high first round pick in the second. Okay. Yes. And you're the Montreal Canadiens. You are right before them. Yes. Okay. So you take some flack, but you've taken a player that is around 15 positions better than you had. Okay. Maybe yep. even more. You've also robbed that player from one of your close competitors who's sneaking up right behind you. And you know, without a shadow of a doubt, he was going to be taken. Okay. Yes. This wasn't a thing of, we might not pick you this year. This was, you're just not going to be in the first round. That after the first round is, it's green light, free for all. Well, he said, I don't want to be drafted this year. Yes, but this was a, this, this, this was a mea culpa move. Okay. I, 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 there's no way he came up with this on his own. Number one. Okay. This was, this was, and I'm okay with it. Whatever. You know, this guy's being advised. Okay. Yeah. He says, I don't want to be drafted this year, but there's no rule about that. Right. So for no, that, there is actually, for that, for that to actually work, there would have to be a rule. If there's no rule, those 31 general managers are not going to respect that wish. Someone's going to draft him. So regardless of what he says, the truth is you are competing with the other 30 general managers. Okay. That's, yes. that's right. So once you've accepted that you're competing with the other 30 general managers, you know, for sure that the etiquette has called for not drafting him in the first round, but after that, anyone's going to take. Him. I, I, well, I, I don't see it the same way. And, and I and I, and we could agree to disagree on that, but, uh, I see it as the Canadians had a chance to not ruffle the waters and just not choose him. And uh, especially the Montreal Canadiens. And I just I just think that it 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 sends out a, a very poor message. The, the, again, once again, the optics behind it saying this doesn't look good. We we are drafting a uh, convicted sexual, whatever you want to call him, deviant. Or, or um, it, it it doesn't look good. It does to me. It does not look good. It, it doesn't. It doesn't look good. I, I think we'll agree on that one. Okay. Yeah. But just to go back at, at your comment, when you say especially the Montreal Canadiens, first of all, and I'm a Habs fan. Yes. To me, that that luster is gone. It's gone. Okay. It's it's the yes. It, it's it's like continuing to go to the Bell Center and seeing videos from the 70s. No one wants to see that anymore. <laughs> don't, show us, don't show us the 70s, okay? That's a good point. Don't even show us the 80s anymore. And if you're going to show us the 90s, it better be no longer than 20 seconds, okay? <laughs> so there's no more luster. So let's put that one aside. Okay? That's a good point. It's a good okay. point. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's just um, – it's. I, I don't think that, you know, the women that are involved in hockey um, – it you know it, it didn't look good in terms of the viewership. That is a good point, Louis. Yeah. That that's the point. I think that is a good point, and it's not it's not the one I've heard much about. Uh, and I think the people who have maybe the most to say on that, the opinions at least that matter, are the women uh, and the women in that organization. You know, how yeah. do they feel when their employer? makes a public statement like that a statement by drafting him right well there you go yeah the yeah. double-edged sword of that is any one of your competitors was going to face that same scenario and someone they were someone was going to make it 
Well, I don't There's think no way this guy was not getting drafted, Louis. Have you but seen I, him? He's too scared. Yes. I, but you know, once again, by the way, Buffalo Sabres had the first round pick. That's what I thought. Which so they were in the same division, right? Same division. Yes. Um I think it goes beyond the talent of the kid. I think he made a mistake. Let him pay for it. Um let's not give him let's not let's not do this, you know. And I know that other GMs, first of all, they're always pissed off at Bergevin. They were pissed off because he possibly got a, a skilled player where maybe they had this unwritten agreement that we're not going to draft this kid. And he went ahead and fucking do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and not only that, socially, um, you know, not only the women working in the, within the organization, also the women fans that support the Montreal Canadiens. What are they thinking? I saw some of the women's shelters and women's um, uh, associations in Montreal. Let me tell you, the Montreal Canadiens do not look good right now. Did not look at the time. I mean, obviously, things go away so quickly because another story is going to come around. But um, those people, those people in that organization, you know, they're intelligent. They're not stupid. I'm very comfortable with the notion that they evaluated this clearly that uh, Bergevin had this conversation, not just with his boss, Molson, but public relations and communications. <laughs> and, you know, the decision is, all right, we'll take some flack. It'll be deserved. It'll last a few weeks. We will have a response to that flack. And at the end of the day, uh, we'll have uh, acquired a significant talent when we shouldn't have. <laughs> Interesting. There's no way well, an organization that is built that way does not have that conversation and forethought. It's not happening. Oh, no, for sure. I agree because they did say that they, they, Molson was well aware of it. Benjamin obviously was well aware of it. And, uh, well, he's the one that decides. But, uh, you know, between that line, there's only Benjamin and Molson. And Molson was aware of it. So um, he he says, go ahead. Um, but, 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 you know... Um, I hear stories, you know, Bob Murray again. It's 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 amazing how this whole um, this whole culture, not the culture, but how we're hearing more and more now that these victims are feeling at least um, strong enough and supported enough to come out with these accusations. And it's it's every day Louis, there's something new. Louis, was it not uh, two years ago? Was it? Three years ago, or no, it was three years ago where um, a series of coaches got fired, right? Yes. We had uh, Mike Babcock, yep. right? We had, um, what's his name, who was in Carolina and moved to Calgary, okay? He yep. was an Alberta boy. Yeah. Uh, all, you know, verbal abuse, uh, you know, racial discrimination, take your pick, okay? Yeah. Now, Andy, <laughs> now, now, Andy Murray? Now, three years later, now Bob Murray, yeah, Bob Murray, Bob Murray. Why now? Yeah, why? What? What? Was there not a? Uh, didn't they make that kind of organizational statement three years ago? True. So, this is again a reactionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, B. There clearly is a failure in the league's ability to convince its organizational employees to speak up. Yeah, we're leaving it up to the local organizations 
There is no, is there a hotline from an employee to an organization directly to a non-employer oversight? You know? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, you know, this firsthand, right? You have experience in this, um, but that there has to be a, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better flow of communication where they could go, uh, and, and feel free to, to speak. And, um, it's, 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 it's just amazing how sports has become a microcosm example of society today. Right. You know, yeah, you say a better way, and it's it's really there. It's not rocket science. There are better ways being used by smart, good people all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're just not looking and applying. Yeah, absolutely. They're not. They're not. Um. So let's hope that that this has uh, uh, some sort of change moving forward for the NHL. Um. What I wanted to also get your take on and talk about is something that's driven me crazy for for years now. Um, first of all, uh, just a couple of guys saying hi. Uh, Reno is a royal listener. Uh, he was way back. He was saying, "Young blood and the breed of businessmen is needed in the NHL." Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Arcangeli, Montreal fan. I disagree. <laughs> Laughing, of course, he is. And my good buddy Tony Chichi must abstain. Luigi Costanza must abstain from discussing the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <laughs> we know that to be true. Very true. But but something that's um again is is seems like it's in the news or in, in, in every day is this this change of um thinking and this cancel culture. Mike, it's it's. I've been talking about it for for quite a long time, and it just it. it I lose sleep over it, man. I, <laughs> I see your posts on Facebook. You are definitely I, losing sleep. I, I I I just I you know I I just don't understand. I I I can't understand it, Mike. This I really the, can't. This is the pendulum swinging uh, symptom. So what? Well, I had this conversation, uh, Louis, okay. uh, with my wife uh, recently at the height of the Me Too movement, okay? Okay. My wife is a very, uh, you know, very smart, uh, articulate woman. She's uh, very, very liberal-oriented or, mm-hmm. or orange, if you're looking at your Quebec politics, <laughs> okay? Um, but, you know, we don't agree on everything, and we challenge each other. Mm-hmm. And um, w- one of the, the the things we had discussed was at, at the peak of the, the, the Me Too movement, we saw... Um, you know, obviously we saw a lot of, uh, of men fall who needed to be called out and fall. Absolutely. Okay. There's, it's perfect. That's what needed to happen. Uh, and then we also saw, you know, people getting caught in the crosshairs where you had uh, false accusations and, you know, all of a sudden, uh, if you were a man, uh, you had a very easy, big target on your head. Right. Yes. And, yep. and so the, 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 the moral of this story is that when, uh, a, a society tries to shift and fix a wrong the, the the pendulum tends to swing too much the other way to compensate for a while while the whole rest of the the, the people react and say okay it, it, we have this whole period we go through that usually lasts you know months if not a, a, you know over a year where people realize holy shit we've gone too far yeah and then they have to pull back 
and settle somewhere in the middle. And that usually takes a, a few years. So with the Me Too movement, and, and you know, I'll, I'll bring this back to um, the cancel culture, okay? So look, you know, I believe in a certain level of decorum, a certain level of political correctness, a certain level of respect, but I still love Dave Chappelle. You know, I still have no problems with a lot of the, the comedians there because let's face it, I can count maybe one or two of them who've made money by not being offensive. You know? True. In fact, Jerry Seinfeld is the biggest example because if you go look at his 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 most famous YouTube stand-up act, it is amazing to watch that guy go do his show, be hysterical, and not having sworn once. Okay. But yeah. going back to your cancel culture thing, it's gone too far. The pendulum has gone too far. So Dave Chappelle makes the news from Netflix uh, last month. Yeah, right? his special yep. comes out. It's all over the paper. I don't watch that much TV. Uh, I tend to watch uh, stupid stuff on my YouTube on my phone. Same here. Same here. But I said, okay, you know what? Uh, he's a pretty good comedian. Let's see what all the uh, the, the fuss is about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I understand that it got the uh, LGBTQ community uh, the transgender. Yeah, more in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to watch it. And you know what? I'm very, uh, I'll be honest, I'm very sensitive to that, that community. Uh, my wife, uh, you know, spends a good deal of her, her, her career, you know, educating and, and working with, you know, that is one of many minority groups that, that struggles to be seen and heard. So, um, you know, I hear about their issues. I'm sensitive to it in my, in my regular work. I hear about it, but I said, let's go and hear what Dave Chappelle has done to the world here. Yeah. So I press play and I'm like, I'm listening and I'm listening, I'm listening and, I, and I'm waiting for the big crucifix. <laughs> and it what? doesn't fall. Does it, call? Like, it doesn't fall. Like why there has Richard Pryor was 10 times more offensive in the seventies. Absolutely. And I'm like, what is going on now? Okay, fine. I'm, I'm not part of that community. I get it. I, I, I get it. But there, the reason this has caused an uproar is because Dave Chappelle is the best paid comic on Netflix. Yeah. If he was not, it would not draw any attention. And is the same thing as criticizing McDonald's for being the, the, the worst abominable of the fast food, criticizing Coke for being the worst of the soft drinks. No one attacks the small guy. No one attacks the medium guy. They yep. only attack the big guy. So True. Dave Chappelle, best paid has a what i would say a very typical in terms of controversial comedy yes mike ward in quebec is way worse way uh, worse absolutely okay um uh, is he, what, what's uh what's the australian guy the, the thing is well hold up but the thing is Chappelle won't discriminate he makes fun of everybody christians yeah, jews muslims he'll make fun of everybody you're gonna do it be fair and he's totally fair see here's here's how i see it okay because um uh, Tony Cheech brings up a great point. At their origin, all these movements have their merit. Then they spiral out of control by taking, uh, by people taking things too far. Absolutely, Tony. Thanks for the comment. You're totally right, and it's exactly what you, it's echoing what you're saying. And see, what I'm worried about is, um, and I can relate it back to uh, Dave Chappelle. Ironically, a very good friend of ours and uh, of his, excuse me, and uh, one of my. Uh, podcast heroes uh, joe rogan I was gonna say you know dave chappelle let's no yeah i wish um joe rogan had had a guest on uh that she was just basically questioning and not even just questioning 
doctors okaying young children having uh, gender operations and that the, the vast majority of the statistics of them after the fact that uh, a lot of them uh, regretted their decision. How young are we talking? We're talking about early teens. Okay. Not only that, she went on to say, she did her, her studies that she found the vast majority of girls, especially, are transitioning uh, because it's just the in thing to do. Mm-hmm. So the v- very worrisome, uh, very worrisome statistics and 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 uh, stories that she she was bringing, and he was agreeing with her, obviously, and uh, basically he became transgender, uh, transphobic. If you watch the interview, and no way did he say he says I'm just questioning the fact should we have a child making a decision that's going to affect them the rest of their life, where their front cortex is not even fully developed not a to have a sex change not a chance when in a couple of years they're going to end up regretting that decision and he has eaten shit from the transgender community ever since um you know i have had a few uh people um from that community uh come to me in my work functions which i don't want to get too much into but they yeah. they, they sought out some help with some some uh, problems they were having uh, and i can assure you that in this province it is not easy to go and do this okay it is not yes. easy and rightfully so nor should it be yes. because number one it's not reversible okay correct number two uh, it is a significant not just physical uh, procedure psychological procedure uh, there's impacts and you know when you are born into a body where you are unsure of who you are or what orientation you have are you a boy or a girl your identity that is very very hard on the mental health yes and uh, there is a there is a healthy dose of that community that suffers from mental health because of that by no fault of their own and there's no way a child uh, or a, a young teenager uh, has the knowledge and life experience a, 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 at that stage to be able to make the best informed decision for themselves. doesn't mean they shouldn't make it. It no. means that they need more time to live. I, I sincerely believe that. And Mike, honestly, I'm not saying by no means am I saying, do I understand the struggles? Because I can't even begin to imagine or phantom of living in a body that you don't feel comfortable in every day of your life. I can't. So I'm not an expert, obviously. I am not a doctor. All I am saying is you have to question these, these, these decisions and just ask the questions. Are these girls doing it because it's the in thing? Is this child too young to make a decision that's going to impact them the rest of their life? Um, because the statistics were the reverse. The ones that did have gender um, operation uh, were more likely to be even more depressed and led to suicidal thoughts. So, so I'm just saying, and it goes back again to free speech and cancel culture, just like we have to have this discussion on, on how does, on, 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 excuse me, on transgender, um, 
is how does any society, you said at the beginning, how does any society advance and learn new ideas and not be able to um, communicate or argue or debate different ideas? How are you supposed to move ahead as a society if all what happens that if you do go against the grain, if you go against the narrative, or if you hurt someone's supposed feelings, then you're canceled, you're out, you're ostracized. Okay, there, there is a for me, there is a there. This whole subject of cancel culture branches out at one point. Okay, and mm -hmm. I agree with everything you've just said, but at some point, cancel culture and different opinions branches out into the category of misinformation and disinformation okay and yes. this has poisoned uh society it has severely poisoned society uh because the existence of of mass media has allowed um mass propaganda to to uh change people's perception of reality into science fiction okay and it is uh, it is the most incredible easily accessed form of mind manipulation the world has ever seen yes. so when we talk about cancel uh, culture i'm all for canceling every single thing that promotes disinformation okay mm -hmm. um and misinformation i'm not that's different because you know a portion of the politicians and their followers in the states uh love to say that when you are when there's an attempt to silence them that they're being told this is cancel culture. There's a difference between the problem of cancel culture and the problem of telling someone who is lying and manipulating in a mass media way to shut their mouths. For it's their benefit, yes. Problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look what, what what's going on in the States there. Uh, I'm sorry uh, if there's any U.S. listeners. There's no offense to you, uh, but... Um, it, it is so hard to watch and listen to because that country used to be uh, one of the beaming lights internationally for many in the world. And it has become a dark cloud. And, uh, you know, I'm in a lot of, uh, like many of us, we're in Facebook groups for our hobbies. Yep. And a, a good portion of those groups are, are populated uh, largely by uh, people in the U.S., it is shocking how many people believe um, the disinformation that has been fed to them. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. It, it, it yes, it is. Uh, that's something that's really. Um, uh, did you see this? Speaking of this, uh, QAnon uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were waiting for the day that uh which which kennedy that was killed in the plane crash uh john john f kennedy jr oh yeah yeah the younger that's, guy the yes, one that elaine from seinfeld was in love with correct yes another yes. seinfeld yes so apparently he was he never died he was gonna come back they were waiting mike they were waiting for him to come back in a parade or something that apparently he was gonna come back and he was gonna run in four years with donald trump I'm not uh, making this up. I'm not making this up. Pretty, pretty sure. Uh, wasn't he a Democrat? That would have been even funnier. Well, I, I, I don't know. But this is maybe I have the story a little bit wrong. Uh, thanks, Tony. He said, yeah, John Jr. That's a John F. Kennedy Jr. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I couldn't I couldn't believe I couldn't believe my eyes uh, and and my ears. Uh, but yeah, we we well, you know, you bring again. You've brought up you bring up a great point, Mike. There is that fine line between free speech and healthy debate to complete misinformation. So and you know, what? no, no I'm just can you finish your thought. I was just gonna say is that, you know, I don't know about you, Mike. Uh, since this pandemic started, I've I've lost uh, I've lost friends. I've lost friends over it. Over which part of it? Over um, misinformation, vaccine, and uh, it's a huge conspiracy. Five uh, G and and Bill Gates and uh, Mother Mary Virgin and Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I know one of these guys. Okay, okay. I, uh, one of these people that I, my my close friends. We have one. We have two brothers. One's vaxxed. One's not vaxxed. Okay. And uh, you know, listen. I don't know. I don't have a problem so much if you choose not to get vaxxed, as opposed to Me too. the garbage that you're using to justify it. If you just say, "Listen, I don't want to. I don't like putting uh, manufactured stuff in my body. I'm earthy, crunchy, oh mm-hmm. natural, whatever." All right. I guess that's your thing. I don't yeah. agree, but whatever. But when when someone who has zero experience and formal training in anything it's like uh, taking any one of your listeners and asking them what their job is and then me coming from a completely opposite realm of education or work experience and telling them what to do yeah it's it's like it's so nonsensical it's laughable now to go back to the disinformation thing okay Mm -hmm. two weeks ago i got a I'm sure, I'm sure there's many people. I got a questionnaire, a federal questionnaire about priorities for the government. You know, they send yeah. them every once in a while. And one of them was, should we do more against misinformation? Interesting. And I, thought, I thought, well, A, I'm glad you're asking, but what the hell more do you need to see? Like, do you need my permission to, or it, it, when you get a question like that, what it's basically saying is we will only act if it's politically popular. That's what it's saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's polling data for what is popular. And so that's not, you know, these politicians, they don't have balls. They're not willing to say, okay, I want to re- be remembered. Instead of being remembered for how many terms you've held on to, be remembered for having an impact that will last. So I don't want the federal government to ask me, should they, you know, act on misinformation? I want them to be smart enough to know they need to act on it, whether I see it or not, you know? So here's the thing. You might be be surprised about what I'm just about to say to you, Mike. I agree with you on this misinformation. However, don't you think, and hear me out completely here, that we're still on that way down that slope and it becomes very slippery when I take away someone's right to say the Holocaust never happened. How repulsive that may seem and sound to me, he has the right or she has the right to say it, Mike. I'll tell you why. Okay, continue. I'll tell you why. I don't. So no matter how much shit I heard during the beginning of COVID from what I thought were friends, and no matter how repulsive and disgusting and stupid and asinine that I think it was, these people still had the right to say it. Because where do you where do you draw the line? Where do you say what Luigi is saying is informed? He knows what he's talking about, or what 
Luigi Singh is completely out on left field. He's a fucking quack job. We have to close down his Twitter or IG account. Where is that line, Mike? Okay, I'm going to tell you why I don't think it's a slippery slope. And to me, that question is uh, is the same argument the NRA uses to keep their gun policies in place. Okay? Okay. And I'll explain. If we use the NRA in their gun position, in the Republicans' gun position, they have always done things this way, and it's always worked for them. Yeah. Okay? No one knows in the States the outcome of how things could be if guns weren't so easily available. They don't know. What they do know is the fear-mongering stories that politicians give them when it mm -hmm. comes time to vote. Mm -hmm. That's not factual. That's that's preying on people's beliefs and fears, okay? Yes, yes. Now, the beauty about voting is you can change things if you don't like it, right? Mm -hmm. so you can say, you know what? We've done it this way for a long time. Let's try something different. And if we don't like the long-term impact of it, we'll go back to what we had before. So fast forward to your question about free speech versus misinformation. Okay. Yeah. We've seen what has happened in the States on a large scale, and it has managed to mobilize millions and millions and millions of people. Okay? Yes. The geopolitical competitors of the United States don't have this problem as badly because they have tighter control on the information and their population for better or for mm -hmm. worse. Okay. Yeah. So I fully get freedom of mind and freedom of speech. And there is a pro and con to that everywhere. Right now, yeah. the geopolitical competitors of the United States for a long time, their people have suffered because they didn't have free mind and free speech. But Correct. now the reverse is happening. The government's control or, or, or ability to restrict the spread of disinformation is keeping the mental health of their population fairly stable, whereas the mental health of the United States' population is going south quickly. No pun intended. Correct. Now, to go to your point about it in Canada the disinformation, right, and the free speech and slippery slope. If the government and their politicians vote in favor of greater restriction, I'm going to tell you right now, my dream second career, because I plan to reti retire in the near future, is politics. That's it, okay? Okay. And I would be one of the first people to 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 want to uh, restrict misinformation. Now, the, the beauty thing about doing something like that is it's not necessarily permanent if the voters don't want it to be. It's, okay. it's, it doesn't mean you cannot undo it. And this is where people get stuck and in a bind, okay? Whether it be guns or restricting misinformation, if your voters don't like the results or it needs fine-tuning because there's some problems in the way it was initially elaborated on, that's the beauty of democracy. The voters have the power. Just change it. Just change it. But to say we're never going to go there to try it, why? What are you afraid well, of? Okay, well, here, here's what we're afraid of. As you know, Mike, any time during difficult times, the government has to intervene and make laws. Mm -hmm. They make laws for the greater good. In this case, let's say they would go ahead with this misinformation act, which I'm not necessarily against. 
but it will never it, it anytime they implement something they will not take it out mike so this is where this is the dangerous portion government overstepping its boundaries because are we going to make them dictate our speech and our thinking because once again it goes down to the 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 future of any society that wants to adapt and move forward and have forward thinking citizens to change the world for the better that if their speech is limited or they live with a constant fear of can i say this can i think this what will that do for the common good of the the advancement of the society and do you want the government policing once again some fucking redneck redneck idiot that thinks whatever right um that the holocaust never happened again i'm unfortunately i'm going to use that 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 example do i necessarily believe that he doesn't have the right to say it there's a difference between misinformation he's not saying it but he's has the free speech in a north american free society to say it no matter how stupid it is i think what i'm trying to say is there's a difference between having that belief and disseminating it on mass levels. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I can see that. My issue is disseminating it on mass levels. Okay. Mm. So info wars in the States. Okay. Yes. Garbage like this. Okay. Of course. The, 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 the question then becomes for the, the, the population and the, and the politicians is what do we define as mass? What is a lot? Okay. Is it a hundred? Is it 10,000? Okay. But to me, there is there is definitely an answer that people can come up with mm -hmm. and that is when you start reaching an audience of disinformation this big you have entered into the realm of disseminating disinformation and you know what louis this is not that far-fetched because distributing hate mail is not allowed okay true you're not allowed to do that this is oh, absolutely hate mail or or inflicting uh, or oh, calling so for Absolutely. We've got the, the, the modern world and the Western world, we've gone down this road before. You yeah. know, the KKK used to drop flyers everywhere. Okay. They're not allowed to do that anymore. So it's not like there's no precedence, and it doesn't mean we're going over the abyss and we can never go back. But when you are piloting, you are now living in a world where technology has given uh, opportunities for good and bad that have never existed before. So when Very you true. are running a show, a website, a podcast, whatever, and for better or worse, you are now, you know, at the 5,000 plus mark. And let's, you know, the way this works, right? It multiplies insanely quickly, quickly. Right? Yeah. So if you, if you, if the population decides, you know what, your mass inform, your disinformation campaign, anything beyond a certain number it is illegal in fraction one, two, these are the ways like any other, it needs to happen because yeah. it's poisoning the mind of the population. Yeah, no, it's very true, and uh, you know what? And and I'm I'm seeing it in a different way. I'm seeing it now, uh, how you put it and presented it. That you know, in, in 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 not so many ways we've had done it. It does exist already, uh, but can you imagine the work behind policing this and this disinformation? I mean, but a lot of the platforms have already started doing it, right? Facebook, Twitter, they've already started doing it. Uh, okay, well, we know they're starting to do it only because political and financial threats, right? Of course. Okay, that's number one. Of course. Number yep. two, to go back to the policing, okay, and and and, and I'm I'm gonna draw on my my, you know, some of my 
professional experience on this. Okay. When you talk about policing, I can guarantee you Louie from experience. Mm -hmm. It is far more time and cost effective to let this problem run rampant until it's out of control. It will cost you way too much money and time later than it will cost you to deal with it. At, it is, in fact, it is no different than the way the legal system works, right? Why sure. does the legal system nab, um, you know, drug cartel offenders and stuff like that? Because if they don't, they they haven't stopped the problem, right? They haven't nope. stopped. But if they don't, it will be so big, it'll be a beast that will be completely out of control. And that is the same thing with disinformation. The, 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 these kind of laws exist to moderate the negative habits and tendencies of people or at least yeah. the portion of the population, yeah. you know? It's, um, you know, man, it, we, we live in some interesting times. Hey, Mike, well, we've, uh, we haven't been through a world war, right? But I see we're on the cusp of, not 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 reality but on the cusp of of what is this world going to look like you know when you look at it as how we think how we're destroying the planet and what we're going to do about that um it's really we, we really live in some interesting times and um sometimes i find myself just you know and i don't know my, my wife tells me it's like why does it that everything get to you it's not the fact that it gets to me it's just that i think about these things I, I just, I just. I'm laughing because what? I'm like reading Facebook, and you're. I'm like, oh, Louis gonna kill himself with this. <laughs> Maybe not to that point, but I just, you know. Um, so I, I've made it uh, a mission to to try to educate myself, and the purpose of the show is to talk to people and try to get some have these discussions. Maybe learn something something that I thought I didn't know or look at it from a different angle. And I think that society as a whole has to do this, man. Talk to someone. They always say, talk to someone that you don't know. So when you just say what you just said, okay, yeah. which is, I couldn't agree with you more, but imagine a world where that talk to someone or have the conversation is saturated with disinformation. The, the, the mind is going to get lost. The person is going to get lost. I know there's a lot of people out there who like to think they're critical thinkers. Yes. Okay? There is a lot of them. There is a difference between being a critical thinker with facts and being an alleged critical thinker with your beliefs because your beliefs are not facts. Yeah. That's not the same thing. And there's a significant portion of so-called critical thinkers out there who haven't understood that part and they're off on a winding path to the yes. dark side of reality. Yeah. The once you go into that rabbit's hole there, it's very difficult to come back. Very difficult, very difficult. Um, on that note, Mike, this has been fantastic. I'm I, so I, glad we, I'm so glad we had the chance to do that. Thank you for inviting me. I know. Well, thank you for doing it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I loved your points and how you see it, different things uh, differently. And, and that was, was the hope of, of, of doing this show. Uh, so I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Guys, thank you so much. Mike, stay on. Uh, we'll have a little chat uh, off air. And uh, thanks again, guys. Don't forget, this will be available as an audio podcast uh, probably later on this evening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great night, everybody.
Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.